Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 371st episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons will head up to the nation's capital, or just kind of right outside of the nation's capital in Maryland, to take on the Washington Commanders, one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. They've won five of their last six games, and they're led by Coach Ron Rivera, formerly of the Carolina Panthers, and our quarterback by Taylor Heineke, who played at Collins Hill High here in Gwinnett County before going on to star at Old Dominion. He's been sticking around the league and uh, has been named the starter in Washington, beating out Carson Wentz. He's been 4-1 and this season and has been rallying the team behind him. So the Falcons, uh, five and six, uh, coming off a big win over the Chicago Bears. will head up to D.C. and try to uh, get to 500 in their chase for the NFC South title uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were uh, half a game ahead of them at five and five. They didn't play last week. They had a bye. So uh, they'll come off of their bye this week and uh, get back into the fray. The Falcons. Falcons, after playing Washington, will have a game against Pittsburgh here in Atlanta. Then they'll get to their bye week. So, important stretch here for the Falcons uh, to legitimize their playoff uh, contention. They need to beat Washington to also get the tiebreaker over them. They're, they're all kind of lumped together. They're the AFC right now. The Falcons are the nine. Need to get to seven. Or um, win your division. That's the easiest path for the Falcons right now is to win their division. And uh, it'll. this is uh, one of the big games down the stretch because they play the Steelers. They have the Saints and the uh, Arizona Cardinals, who we saw last night on Monday Night Football, uh, not be very good. And then the, the key games, the ones that are going to have to prove their medal or against Washington, against the Ravens, and the finale against Tampa Bay. So if you sweep the three that you should, or or you know you hope you can at least, then that tech, that gets the Falcons up to eight games. Okay, nine is gonna probably uh, give you a shot at winning, and ten will definitely do it more than likely the way things are shaping up in this year. So um, if you could beat those three and go two and one in the others, certainly you are a playoff team. But no. Uh, stretch of the imagination but if you go three and three then you're pretty much in the middle of pack which is way uh pete rosell wanted it to be a long time ago when he came up with this whole parody thing uh but then you've been excited all year the four win thing didn't happen they won way more than four games maybe way more than two uh so you know you feeling pretty good about the franchise uh, moving forward if uh that's how it shakes out nobody thought here at thanksgiving we'd be talking about uh, a playoff bid, 
um, you know, probably it's better than uh, in some places where they're looking for the draft right now. So we'll get to the draft in due time. But for now, we'll uh, go with this playoff chase that the Falcons are in. And it'll start in earnest up in the nation's capital or right outside. It used to be called Landover. But now it's some, uh, me and Cunningham kept trying to find the, well, where's the stadium at? Well, it's called Landover, the Landover area. It's our new beacon. Uh, so we're like, oh, they're just making it up up there now. So we'll just call it the city formerly known as Landover, Maryland for the Washington football team. So we're going to hear from some of the players that were in the locker room on Monday and head coach Arthur Smith on um, Washington. But, hey, big news. Um, you know, we, we got texted during the game that it was a medial collateral ligament from Dr. Charles, folks, uh, on the uh, Internet. Turns out he was correct again. I don't know why they throw shade at the doctor. The good doctors was a team uh, physician for the Chargers for 17 years. Uh, and he's running uh, this uh, evaluation of the player injuries via video. And, you know, since the team tries to hold it back and slow roll it, it's the best information out there for the first 24 hours or so. And he's, um, we do note that he was accurate with Eric Harris last year, and he was accurate with Kyle Pitts, who went on the IR yesterday with the medial collateral ligament damage to his uh, knee. Uh, Talked to uh, one doctor uh, in L.A. today. We'll post that. Uh, that'll be posted on the website. You know, it's three strains of the um, MCL injuries. You got a grade one, grade two, grade three. Grade three is a complete tear. You're out six to eight. Uh, grade two is a four to sixer, and then you got a chance to come back. And then a grade one is kind of mild, and uh, you know that that maybe one to two weeks with just rest. Sometimes you could just brace it up, and it'll heal. If it's a complete tear, you need some surgery. You could do some minor surgery to expedite the healing. So we got all that medical information for you. Uh, we'll have that on. You could just check on Kyle Pitts, Dr. AJC.com. Google it that way and it'll pop up for you. So let's move on to, you know, and Taekwon Graham also. Don't want to short Taekwon. He was having a good year playing inside uh, at Tackle. Uh, he also went on IR. He was carted off the field. We don't know the severity of his injury. We checked with his uh, agency. They didn't want to share any information. Uh, Priority Sports up in uh, Chicago. So, uh, uh, you know, those are two big um, two big ones. So let's go to Coach Smith and hear about uh, Kyle Pitts' injury. This We talked to him before. This was before we knew Kyle was going on IR. An MCL sprain, that's usually what happens. There's varying degrees and where they are on the knee, and that's what I'll let the medical experts handle it. So, you know, a lot of times, um, like we saw during COVID, uh, some amateur doctors um, run with things. And, again, I didn't go to medical school. I listened to the experts, and obviously I know it's it's important with a, a guy, a player uh, of Kyle's caliber, and it didn't understand why it's newsworthy and people want to know, but not being evasive, Mike, like I told you yesterday, I, I really do. I'll let the guys that are the medical experts uh, handle it. Yep. Yeah, uh, so they did. They handled it. They put him on IR. The doctor, he's, the internet doctor was correct, so he wasn't all in the dark or in the blue or whatever um, whatever that was. Uh, these coaches have injury information a lot faster than they lead on. 
they try to keep it. So, you know, I knew one cornerback who had a torn pick. They just kept listing him as a shoulder uh, so the other team could think he was going to play that week. Uh, I'm not accusing the Falcons of that in this instance. Let's move on uh, to talk about Kyle Pitts' impact on the season. One thing about Kyle, um, while we're so excited about Kyle and why I love working with the guy, he's has such a huge impact on his team. And I know the numbers aren't as gaudy as they were as a rookie. And he's been playing through a lot. And he's a tough, tough guy. And he's had a huge impact. I mean, his hamstring has been been Hunter Center early in the year. Thought uh, Seattle, he was really rolling. And then obviously he was slowed down by a hamstring. And, he, and the guy has been out there fighting with his teammates. And there's a number of reasons. Um, you know, when people just look at the stats, his impact on winning has been enormous for us. Uh, you know, there's certainly times we haven't been in sync. But there's some other things that he, you know, the way we've had to play at times where you are going to sacrifice some passing numbers. But the guy's a great teammate. He doesn't pout uh, like a lot of, you know, guys with that amount of hype because he's a real person. And that's why we love him. And uh, he's a real teammate. And the future is really bright for him. And that's why we're so excited about him in this organization. All right. A lot to unpack there. He's been playing hurt with a hamstring injury. Uh, he's getting through some things. He did miss a game with the hamstring. So, um, you know, we did the story. We waited till week nine or ten, but it was clear that their connection, they didn't have a connection. He um, And that might be because of the injury and, the, and the, uh, whatever else he was playing through. Coach said he was playing through some things. So, you know, we, um, you know, just looking at the numbers, you know, he's under 50% on the target. So the, the, all of them weren't bad passes. Uh, but anyway, I'm thinking that, hey, if they're not in the playoff race in four weeks, then he doesn't come back. If he um, – the quickest he can come back is four weeks. That's what they put him on for. Uh, and our doctor of, out of L.A. Uh, said four to six weeks. So – I wouldn't risk it. Uh, you know, it's a it's a MCL. You know, he's 22. Let him heal. Um, you know, unless you are going to the playoffs and you do need that Tampa Bay game, uh, you definitely gonna probably need the Arizona game. You know, they got decision. They'll have a decision to make. It looks like with Kyle Pitts' knee. So I mean, he's playing with the hamstring. He was rolling Seattle. That was the third game in the year. So we we were up to 11 games. So the fact that he's playing through some stuff, whatever that is, uh, and the fact that they weren't able to get the connection going with the new quarterback this year, uh, that'll be uh, that'll be offseason project number one is to get the new quarterback, if it is Mariota, if it's to go to Ritter or draft somebody else. Uh, him and Kyle Pitts need to go off to an island and throw each other the ball a lot <laughs> for next year. So we'll see. Um, we'll monitor that. We got four weeks. Then they could activate him for 21 days. If they're in the playoff race, they bring him back. If they're not, then shut him down. That's that's what we're going to think is going to happen here. So let's get on to the Washington Commanders. Uh, I got some friends in D.C. They call themselves, you know, you get to use the first name. You're Commander Dewey, Commander Barry. Uh <laughs> Commander Steve, it's no Commander Steve because he's an Eagles fan, but I know a couple of the Commander uh, folks up there, so we'll shout them out. Uh, we'll see Commander Dewey this weekend. But here is Coach Arthur Smith, who also uh, spent some time in the D.C. area at Georgetown Prep, working in and working for the Washington football team with Joe Gibbs and so forth. So here's Arthur Smith on 
the Washington football team that's now named the Commanders. That's a huge game for us coming up against Washington. They're playing well. Expected to be another physical battle. You know, they've, they've kind of changed their approach. They're, they're running the ball a ton, too. Um, like I said, they got us here last year, uh, you know, Heineke at the end, and it's a big game for both of us, right? They're, they're six and five, and we're right there at five and six, and it's, a, it's what you want. You want to be in games that matter this time of year as you're getting into the uh, Thanksgiving in December. So we're excited about it. Yep, and Pete Rosell's in heaven clapping for this honest parody. <laughs> You know, the, the free agency period, you know, they can't stack teams like the Steelers did in the 70s and just mowed everybody down for a decade. You know, players get good and you don't want to pay them, they go somewhere else like Tyreek Hill did and A.J. Brown and so forth. Uh, so let's hear about uh, Tyler Heineke. We're going to look at his stats later, but here's what Coach Arthur Smith had to say about the quarterback. You know, he can extend plays. He did a great job. Everybody saw him in that Monday night game, keeping drives alive and tough player. I got an appreciation for, you know, a guy that's waited his turn, you know, sat, came back. Uh, reminds me of Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick a little bit. Uh, tougher than hell, not afraid to make any throw, and, and you can see why his teammates love him. So, we, you know, he does a nice job extending plays, and if you're not coordinated in your rush game it's, and you get out of there and you create space, he can make you pay. He did that last year to us. Well, all right, we're going to go to um, look at some of the notes here on the Washington uh, Commanders. This is the 27th meeting, the series record. Uh, Washington leads 15-10-1. And the game that Coach was referencing last year was an exciting affair at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium where Tyler Haneke tossed a 30-yard touchdown pass to J.D. McKissick with 33 seconds left to pull out a 34-30 victory over the Falcons on October the 3rd, 2021 at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The um, Tyler Heineke lit him up. Whoo, he was hot. 22-33 for 290, three touchdowns, and a one a uh, 27.1 passer rating. So he wanted to show out. He's from Collins Hills High, and he showed out when he came home because he also rushed five times for 43 yards. So the Falcons uh, defenders, you know, will be uh, on notice. They'll have uh, – Dean Pease will have their attention this week. No question about that. They will um, – they're practicing a little early on Thanksgiving. We'll go out for that and – Hopefully be home by two or three for uh, the turkey. I got to figure out how I'm going to smoke the turkey. I might start today. We'll figure, that's no uh, no problem for you all to worry about. I like to smoke it overnight, but it's going to be cold again, so I don't know if I'm going to do that. I kind of need to start during the day tomorrow at the latest. I might start tonight. But anyway, hey, let's um, so much for the turkey. We're going to... Um, I think we're going to go on to the break here and come back with the tail of the tape and then hear from some of the players in the open locker room. Uh, we got some some Hall of Fame news. Uh, look at Heineke, Gibson, and McLaurin. You know, just some of the highlights here heading into the game with the Washington Commanders. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. We're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, 371st episode. We're getting ready for the game against the Washington Commanders. Uh, looking forward to Thursday. Just a, a fun day. One of the favorite holidays of the year. House is buzzing upstairs. We got uh, got greens that I saved from the garden this summer. So, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun. But we're going to get our football in, too. We're going to get to practice uh, tomorrow, uh, talk to the coaches, talk to the players, get everything written, and um, be ready to go uh, to watch some football and some basketball on Friday and, uh, and Saturday. Got the Ohio State-Michigan game. And then we'll be ready for the Falcons and the Commanders at 1 a.m. on Sunday. Uh, tail of the tape here. Um, Washington has got uh, three elite things that they do and six things that are in the top half of the league. So statistically, they are a better football team than the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons only have two items in the top 16 and just one thing that they do that's elite in the top 10 in the league so far. Okay, and you know, by now y'all know that uh, that's rushing the football. They're third in the league now at 159.4. And points, that's important. 23.5, they're 13, so they're, they're putting up some points. Everything else is uh, bottom half of the league, so everything. Total yards, bottom half, 26. Passing, 154.5, 31st. Time possession, 29, point, uh, 29 minutes, 15 seconds, that's 23rd. Okay, and then defensively, uh, points, they're 28th, giving up 24.9. 30th, they're not in last place anymore in total yards or passing yards. Uh, the 38.9, oh, excuse me, 389.4, read that backwards, 30, that's uh, total total um, yards allowed. 123.1 uh, rushing. That's 21st. Yeah, they dropped out of the top 10. Yeah, and keep dropping. Uh, you know, the um, Bears ran it okay. It was under four yards, so they kind of were happy with that. Uh, and then 266.3 is passing yards. That's 29th, so they're not last in the league in passing anymore. They are dropping in the turnover game, 14 uh, created, 15 given away, so they're minus one. That's 21st in the league for the Falcons. Now, for the Washington Commanders, um, they are elite in possessing the ball. They're number one in the league in time of possession. They are number six in the league in total defense. So you're going up against the top ten defense. And then they're number six against the run, uh, 103.1. 
So they are in top 10 in, in some key categories, stopping the run and total yards allowed uh, and time of possession. And then they're in the top half in just about everything else. Top half in rushing, 116.1 yards a game. They're 16th. Opponents, points allowed, 20.3. That's 12. And uh, total yards, we said that was 308. 6, 103.1 rushing, 6. And then passing, 204.9. That's 12. And then uh, turnover ratio, they're 13 and 13. Uh, zero differential. 16th in the league. So summing up those numbers, what's, what we have on Sunday is the top 10 defense, number six, Washington, versus the 26th-ranked offense. Uh, and that that's the front. That's the front. You know, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, Montez Stevenson High. Uh, and they may get Chase Young back to uh, their, um, you know, much-touted Ballyhoo defensive end out of Ohio State. has uh, been activated to return. Could make it back for this one. Now, uh, the other thing, though, hey, a Falcon strength versus a Washington strength is the you got the top third run offense going against the sixth run defense. So that's going to all start up front with uh, Lindstrom, Dahlman, and uh, uh, Chuma Adoga, who played left guard last week. They have the big challenge of the day, and that's controlling because every double team pain. Then Allen's loose. Double team Allen, then Payne's loose. So, you know, got to control them two tackles up there. And uh, that'll be the big challenge for the Falcons. couple other notes here before we go here from the players. Hey, um, it's after 105. Yeah, I can announce this. Hey, we um, some finalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Heinz Ward, Robert Mathis, Devin Hester, and Dwight Freeney. Or on the list of 28 semifinalists uh, for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2023. Uh, Hines Ward has been a finalist for seven times, so they keep bringing him back. And my observation is is that when they keep bringing about somebody back, they want to put him in. It's just uh, you know how's it going to fit that year. Uh, it's a lot of receivers, though, man. You know Reggie Wayne, uh, Andre. I don't want to give away the whole list. You can just Google it on uh, AJC.com. But it's a, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, woo, getting it down to 15 from the 28 is going to be hard. And then certainly getting the next seven out of that 20. Out of, yeah, that, I don't look forward to that work. That's a, always a hard time. Let's uh, wrap up here with some stats on the Washington Commanders. Heineke's 4 and 1, 90 of 148, 60.8%. Completion rate, 1,031 yards. He's taking over for Carson Wentz. He, that's, something's wrong with that dude. I mean, he's been in three places, and they done ran him off. <laughs> three places. He'll probably end up being a backup for the next 10 years somewhere if he can get along with people. Um, I don't know what his problem is. I could find out, but it hasn't been my concern. Uh, Philly, then Indy, now here uh, with the Washington team. He's uh, – Worn out is welcome. But anyway, Heineken's five touchdowns, four interceptions, passer rating 81.8. Uh, their big players are, we know Antonio Gibson. I retweeted his combine invite thing out this morning. He went to Memphis. He's from Eagles Landing. 121 carries for 444 and three touchdowns. And then Brian Robinson, the kid from Alabama who had a 
got shot earlier this season in the uh, nation's capital. Uh, he's uh, back and running well, 108 for 362 and two touchdowns. And Curtis Samuel is their motion guy, uh, kind of move receiver running back guy. He played running back at Ohio State and uh, followed Ron Rivera from Carolina to Washington. He's had 24 carries for 152 and one touchdown. Now their receiving game starts and stops with Terry McLaren who has 77 catches already for 1,053 yards and five touchdowns. Now, he lit the Falcons up last season, so, hey, I I have to go back and look at it, but uh, they were playing zone mostly, so they'll probably put A.J. Terrell on them. um, You know, they're going to win this game. They got to win this game to get to the playoffs. A.J.'s got to stick McLaren. That's one of our big matchups this week. And last year in that game, he had – uh, six catches on 13 targets. So guess who Tyler Heineke is going to be looking for on Sunday? He had six catches for 123 yards and two touchdowns. So that was major damage in that game. We didn't uh, you know those are the key players. You got Heineke. They're going to try to run the ball with Gibson and Brian, Gibson and Robinson, and, and flashy with Samuel. And, uh, you know, when they throw it, it's going to Terry McLaren. They also got the tight end, too, Logan Thomas. So those two make up the passing game. So that's how they're going to try to come at the Falcons. Uh, Defensively, they're just going to try to beat you up front with those two big studs. And if they turn it into a passing game, you know, they got the rushers off the edge, too, uh, in um, sweat. And let me see – I think it's James Wilson. Uh, here's my depth chart. Yeah, James Smith-Williams is playing in there. And they got Shaka Tony, former Penn State guy, so he'll know Arnold Ibikite. Linebackers, Jamin Davis, he's from Georgia. And Cole Hulkman is the middle linebacker. Hey, Jamin, when he was with Detroit, the word was he was slow and couldn't cover. So maybe that's somebody they'll attack. Uh, Kendall Fuller's at, in the secondary. He... Um, had a pick six last weekend. Somebody want to stay away from him. That is uh, the Washington football defense here. Just looking at the reserves. Anybody we need to uh, inform you all about. John Bostick, he's been around a long time. He's a backup. David Mayo's backup linebacker. So, um, no, not the 85 Bears, but they are up front. You know, you got to have a plan for Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen or they'll just, just make it all – yeah, they'll just turn it into a big party in the backfield if you uh, don't take care of those two. So that's it for uh, the Washington football team. Let's hear from some of the players who were in the locker room uh, on Monday, and we certainly appreciate it. They call it Victory Monday. Some guys take that as a lead to, you know, um, you know they have, you know, not talk to the media on Victory Monday. But it was open, so we appreciate that. And we were able to get you some interviews of some of the – Players that were there and uh, they did a little bit in the game. I saw D'Angelo Malone had a lot of action, uh, you know, trying to keep Justin Fields under control. And I just wanted to check in with him and uh, Arnold this week. They're both of the rookies are playing a lot and see how they're coming along now. They, uh, you know, the rookie wall is coming up on them. They're way past, uh, they're past the 10 game mark. And now it's a bonus football for them, more is where they're going to learn to be a professional. Here's what D'Angelo Malone had to say. 
How did it feel to get out there and play the snaps you played yesterday? Man, it felt great uh, just to get out there, have an opportunity, just showcase my talents, and uh, just ball my brothers. Mm -hmm. How tough was the other assignment, you know, to kind of keep Justin Fields under control? So, how do you feel y'all did with that? Well, Justin Fields, he's a great player, so mm -hmm. it's always tough, you know, always a, a tough task, uh, mm -hmm. you know, just to uh, contain him. But, you know, I feel like we did a great job with doing that. Mm -hmm. And how are how things for you, uh, rookie year, how you feel things going? It's, uh, what, 11 games in? It's yes, a whole college season now. Yeah. Well, you know, like, uh, this is my rookie year, so, you know, you know, you know, you have downs and lows, but, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, you just keep grinding, and mm -hmm. just keep making plays, and just try to make the best out of nothing. Uh, and then uh, one of your West Kentucky guys just got signed, right? Mm -hmm. was that, what's the safety? Uh, Devin Key. Key, yeah, yes, Key, yeah. How was that to see him come in uh, with the team? Uh, it was great. Uh, you know, just remember playing with him uh, like two years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's a great competitor. I'm excited to have him here, and I'm ready to ball with him. How big, how big was that win for it was a big win, definitely. Uh, I feel like a lot of people, you know, they were down on us saying, mm -hmm. you know, we couldn't win this game. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just proving a lot of people wrong and just believing in each other. And then uh, you and um, AK, how, you know, y'all been working together as rookies and so forth. How's that bond been coming? And uh, and how's that been that y'all been able to produce some, some uh, things on the field for the team? Oh, yeah, the money been great. You know, AK, he's my guy. You know, uh, like I tell him, man, all the time, just meet me at a quarterback. So, you know, just communicate with him, you know, just being on the same page. It's always fun to have somebody with the same skill set as you on the other side of you. So it's, it's fun. All right, and it's like Lorenzo, kind of like the grandfather or the uncle for y'all? Uh, yeah, you can say that, or like OG, you okay. know, we just learning from him, you know, things he do, uh, his, you know, his rehab, things like that, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's great. He's sharing his rest and recovery stuff with y'all? Most definitely, like, basically we just got to be a sponge, you know, just see what he do, mm -hmm. how he grow about things, okay. and, you know, just uh, capitalizing on that. All right, one of my other guys in the locker room, enjoy uh, talking to him. He's always around. Timmy Horn, uh, the defensive tackle from Kennesaw State and um, Charlotte. He started his career at Charlotte, so we did a profile of him before the Panthers game, that Thursday night game, you know, and uh, he had a lot of people coming up. He lived about an hour outside of Charlotte. Uh, and Timmy's more important now with uh, Taquan Graham going down on IR. Timmy's going to get some action along with Abdullah Anderson and uh, Jalen uh, Dalton. They also picked up Jaleel Johnson, former uh, pro. But, uh, yeah, those guys, the big guys up front are, are going to get some more action. And here's uh, Timmy Horn after on Monday discussing, you know, his role and some other issues up on the front of the defensive line. Uh, Greg was talking about the depth yesterday. Everybody had to pitch in when TQ went down. Yes, sir. How, um, how'd you feel that, uh, you know, that you had to get in there and get over on about 27 snaps? Oh, uh, going there, I mean, like, you got to, the way we practice is uh, make sure we know everything, make sure everybody know the uh, the plays and stuff, mm -hmm. just in case uh, something like something bad happened and stuff. But it was like just playing ball again because been getting snaps and just, just playing ball. That's mm -hmm. it. How tough was it, uh, you know, you know, they said discipline was a key yesterday, trying to maintain the lanes with fields. How does that fit for a big guy? How do you I mean, yo, uh, we practiced that all week because, mm -hmm. you know, going into the game, uh, what type of quarterback he was and uh, how, like, you definitely got to be disciplined in the rush lanes because he can easily escape through there. So mm -hmm. just took what you practice into the game. So. Mm -hmm. And how'd y'all do against the run after the tough Carolina showing? Looked like looked pretty good, but... 
Uh, well, uh, what we had to do, we had to uh, get back to the basics for us, uh, mm -hmm. which is attacking a lot of scrimmage, uh, getting knocked back and stuff. Uh, go back into like thinking about what we do, uh, did wrong, mm -hmm. and then uh, what we do right, mm -hmm. and how to uh, get back into uh, and playing our game, our brand of football. And uh, I know y'all probably y'all get ready for Washington, but I got Gibson and Brian Robinson running the ball over there. Uh, Tyler Heineke, uh, any thoughts on uh, Washington uh, uh, earlier in the week? Uh, no, not yet. I haven't uh, really dove down in the film yet. That's, that's coming this afternoon. Well, all right. We, Cordarrelle um, Patterson, you can go online. We had wrote, uh, Michael Cunningham did the column on him breaking the record. Uh, but we heard from Mike Ford. He was one of the blockers on the record-breaking 103-yard kickoff return. Here's what Mike Ford had to say about his role and about uh, Corderell Patterson. Mike Ford was on the kickoff return team, the record-setting return team. How did it feel to be out there when history is being made? You know, it was something that um, at the beginning of the year when I got here, you know, it was something that I wanted to accomplish, being knowing the CP was tied for it. So it was just, you know, as he was breaking, it was just like, it was unbelievable. I was just, as I blocked and I seen him go past me, I was just like, man, this the one, you know? Uh -huh. So it was just, it was just, it was like a historic moment, you know? I was just thankful to be part of it, you know? Thankful to be part of history. Thankful to get him in the can, get his jersey there, you know? So it's, it's just a blessing to be a part of history. And how cool was it to hear him, you know, first thing he started talking about was the 10 other guys uh, making the block. I mean, that's just, that just shows his character, you know, him as a person. You know, he never really is one to, you know, take all the credit for anything. He's he, he's just a humble guy. So, you know, for him to, you know, back play on us and, you know, come back and show, show us love, that's just an example of his personality. So. And he said it was a big enough hole that anybody would have seen it. Do y'all look at it yet on film? No, you know, we just got back inside of the building, so we haven't checked it out. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be one of the first things we watch, which, okay. I mean, I've seen it on a couple other clips that they posted on the internet but I mean that's unbelievable vision by him more than anything mm -hmm. he, you know we had a return that wasn't it wasn't set up to break the way it did you know so that's just his vision and he made that play come to life all right we all know it's been a revolving door at the left guard position uh just when you thought it was stabilized uh you know Jalen Mayfield uh, was a starter last year Elijah Wilkerson won the job uh we talked to um Jalen last week, he said, hey, they wanted the, calm, the back to calm down, and they activated his 21-day period, but he was not um, activated for last week's game. Um, they have an extra spot now where they put two people on IR, and they um, and Jalen Johnson picked him off the practice squad. So there's a spot left uh, open, and we're thinking that's going to Mayfield, you know, probably Wednesday uh, or so. But there has been a revolving door at uh, the tackle spot. Wilkerson had it. Kobe Gassett was in there second at the Seattle game. Then uh, when they had a chance, when Wilkerson went down for the season with the knee injury, uh, they went to Matt Hennessy, the former starting center. Then Hennessy got hurt, and uh, they went to Kobe for a game, the Panthers game. And then after that game, they're switching to they switched to Chuma Adoga for the game against the Bears. And uh, y'all know him. He's from McEachern High, Powder Springs kid. Went out to USC, played out there for the Trojans. Then was a third-round pick by the New York Jets. And uh, we have talks in the locker room about Coach Hockman and uh, the old Powder Springs teams that he played on. Uh, 
and that I, you know, knew Coach Hockman's dad, knew Coach Hockman. He was over at Campbell High and uh, wish, uh, wish him the best. I don't think he's uh, – he's, I think he's down in the Savannah area coaching. But anyway, Chuma Adoga, here he is, Falcons' new starting left guard. Yeah, it went all right, man. It was just exciting being back out there playing mm-hmm. for the hometown team. So glad we got the dub, too. So just got to go back, watch film, see what I can improve on and mm-hmm. build off that. Mm-hmm. And uh, fourth and two, how did it feel to the coach uh, had confidence in y'all and looked like you and Dalman cleared some, oh, open up some space over there for CP? Yeah, it was good for us, man. It was just exciting game. Good getting there with those guys. You know, they played together for a while. I'm glad they really accepted me. Mm-hmm. Able to just step in and just uh, compete. Mm-hmm. So you, you you like a nice, quiet, calm cat, but yesterday they showed their hands to the face. Like, you were like, getting after that cat. Right? Yeah, I was getting after that. I got to work, work on like, keeping my hands low inside that guard. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty chill off the field. But, you know, when you get on the field, you got to turn it on. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, hey, good luck, man. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, all right. That was pretty good. Thanks for glad we were able to get D'Angelo, Timmy Horn, Mike Ford, and Chumar Doga on the uh, Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We appreciate that time. I think we got you all ready for the game on Sunday against the Washington Commanders. Should be, uh, um, I didn't look at the spread, but uh, I think the, the Commanders will be slight favorites. Uh, but, you know, for the betting people, y'all know where to go. Get that information from. So it should be a good game. It's a big test here for Coach Arthur Smith and the Falcons. They try to climb back to 500. Then uh, they'll have their best chance to get over 500 for the first time since the 2015, 2017 season. Um, you know, if they could beat the, the, beat the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, who are struggling this year. And then we'll get to see rookie quarterback Kenny Pickett, too, before going to the bye. So with that, we're going to ask you to take care. We're going to wish you a happy, happy Thanksgiving. Have a great time. Uh, Eat as much turkey as you feel comfortable with. And uh, have a great uh, rest of the week watching all these games and so forth. Take care. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song. A celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-Hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.